Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Winning Plays Podcast on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider for the NBA's winningest franchise. Winning Plays Podcast is back and the Celtics schedule is out. Mark your calendars through... Should we say June, Sweetie Tirada? Is that is, <laughs> is that is that a little too ambitious on that part? Well, so somebody tweeted at me about the schedule, and I was like, "Let's chill on June. We at least know <laughs> concrete through April, and then we'll go from there. Like, let's not look too far ahead. Plus, you know, with June's schedule, like you never like that comes out series by series, so we don't know. It's not concrete until fair. we know. All fair. So, we're we're not we're not so we're not gonna be overly ambitious here on the way place spot. My name is Brian Rob. <laughs> that voice here it is Sweetie Tirada of Mass Live. Make sure you're following him on Twitter. At S O U I C H I Tirada T E R A D A, and Sweetie, I know you were you were really chomping at the bit for this because this is, I mean, <laughs> as uh, now, I mean, you're not even a rookie on the beat. You're just going to be your third year coming up here, but you now you know the importance of schedule day of being like this is, this is life for the next six to eight months. And Celtics fans, I mean, I imagine this is just as much for them this year as uh, this is going to be must see TV year round. Now that you have a a bona fide contender in place that has made some upgrades here. And, um, and we have the, the full docket here, starting with starting off the NBA season period opening night against Philly at the, uh, at the garden. Yeah. It's uh, I didn't realize, I don't know. Every, like I came from a college piece. So those schedules are pretty much already out like years in advance, like right. college football, like they schedule out like literally like a decade in advance or something crazy. So, but the NBA though, it's, it's so nice. And like you said, like how, I, I don't know, 37 national TV games or something insane, like with a contender, like there just wasn't as much buzz. I think even last year, just because it was like, okay, the schedule's out. That's cool. Whereas like this year, it's like, you got the books on Christmas day, you got 76ers opening night, the finals rematch with the Warriors, you know, when will, uh, you know, the Nets come in, if they do have Katie and Kyrie, like you got and like, which, which games are the Miami games, et cetera, et cetera. Like there's, there's a lot more to look forward to, I think. And, and, and I think, I think, you know, you could kind of feel the excitement. Like it was just a scheduled release day. Like I saw other NBA B writers releasing it. Like the fans were interacting with it, but I think with Celtics fans, you were just going, okay, yeah. All right. Everyone's, everyone's feeling it. Everyone's already excited. Uh, I don't know about you, B Rob. I don't, I don't want the season to start like, like ASAP, but I, but I am no. to see, <laughs> yeah. Like I want the off season a little bit more, obviously post-finals but that uh ate up a lot of our software so they as far as i'm concerned they can just cut out the preseason entirely for us so it's like let's <laughs> let's get to october 18th unfortunately it's not going to work like that but um yeah it's weird to see oh yeah they uh they play their first preseason game october 2nd so i feel like training camp has to start pretty soon before that and mm-hmm. it's getting a little too close but honestly it is exciting for in terms of what is coming up ahead for this uh year and so What's uh, well, I'll just put it this let's let's come out with just takeaways for like biggest, you know, easiest month, toughest month, things that stuck out to you the most. I guess just looking at the at this whole schedule, what kind of stuck out to you first and foremost here when you just looked at the the full 82 year switchy? Yeah, uh, the road trips are kind of weird. Like the December road trip, the six game one, it's like weird. Like you're going to Brooklyn, Toronto, then Phoenix, like no, <laughs> you know, like the schedule makers kind of 
kind of made that a little bit weird. Then he got another six game road trip in March and everything like that. Um, and then the, the December, November schedule was weird because he got that six game homestand, I want to say, right? Yeah, six game homestand, or I think, sorry, let me count this real quick. Five game homestand, then six game road trip, and he got like a seven game homestand. So um, one, one thing I am kind of curious about is that January, just because you have, t- I believe it's uh, 10 road games in that month and only five home games. So it's yep. just kind of like, the way it's kind of constructed, obviously, it's an NBA schedule. So, like, you look at it, and you're like, oh, that's a lot of games in a month. And it's like, yeah, that's just what the NBA schedule is. But I'm, I'm kind of curious to see how that January just feels, you know. And I think you, you, you that's one of those months where, like, you have the Warriors at home, you have the Lakers at home. So there's a lot of marquee games. But, I, you know, I circle that month where I'm like, okay. Like, I think that those are those are some of the, the trips where, you know, maybe Horford doesn't play or maybe Gallo doesn't play. Maybe Brogdon, you know, sits out on the back-to-back. So, overall, though, um. I think those are the ones that immediately stuck out to me when I first saw it. I'm like, ooh, those like road trips are like weird. Like they're they're very condensed in a lot of ways. So, but at, you know, if the road trips are condensed, that means your home games are also condensed. So you're pretty much not traveling. Um, you know, the second half of December, which is nice. The home Christmas game, uh, I'm very happy with. Like I remember I was in Milwaukee um, for Christmas last month as COVID was raging on, it was like really weird. I was like, should I even be here right now? Like, what, what am I doing here on Christmas? So uh, I'll take that home Christmas game all day uh, in Boston. <clears throat> yeah. You, you really highlighted the the craziest stretch here of the, the home. it's actually, so it's like, I don't think I've ever seen this on an NBA schedule period from a, <laughs> a six game homestand that mm-hmm. around Thanksgiving into a six game road trip and then into a seven game homestand. So it's like two, like the Celtics generally do not have very long homestands. It's usually like three games. And that, and that makes sense because the, they have to split the building with the Bruins and, you know, you have to kind of orchestrate things around their schedule because they are the, the primary tenant there. But to, to do that, you know, to have that, I mean, I, do you feel like that's like a nice thing for the players or do you feel like they would want to, because when you have, you know, 13 home dates, in like a four week stretch that means you're on the road for a lot of the rest of the year so it's like i guess mm-hmm. it's a catch 22 from that so I'm, I'm curious to hear like if the players were excited to see that or if they're like "Ooh, that's like that means it's gonna be rough for a lot of the rest of the year i think the fact that there's so many road games in january sucks the most just because like i i personally felt like last year was my first full year right you up like yeah i personally felt this like the like the lot like the like the 10 games before the all-star break i was like I was like, all right, let's, let's like, it, it was like, you know, the dog gets the season. Like, I, I don't think the fans were as excited, even though the Celtics had their big turnaround, but like, it was definitely the dog days. Like the interest kind of waned off, you know, right before the all-star break and everything. So I think that's where it probably kind of sucks. Like you're already like three months into the season. Then you have to go on the road so much in January. Like, I think that's where you're kind of like, okay, that sucks. So that's, that's how I kind of feel about it. I don't know how you feel about it, B-Rob. Um, the second half of the schedule, the, the thing is, too, like, I remember last December, like, you looked at the schedule, and then I kind of expected the Celtics to falter and start off just because, like, one, like, I remember last year, the December had the big road trip, but you were also playing, like, really good teams. So, like, I kind of circled December. I'm like, okay, if they can, like, kind of, like, just, like, manage this month, it'll be fine. Whereas, like, this month, like, you have the road trip, but, like, the games are pretty easy. Like, you get Orlando in two straight home games. Like, Minnesota will be kind of interesting, but, like, you get the Pacers, the Rockets, um, in the month of December, like, yeah, it's, you make it's up for not those. that many. Yeah. yeah. Like it's just, it's just like, not as like tough of like an opponent, you know, 
obviously we don't know what these teams will look like, but you can probably bet, you know, the Pacers and Rockets are going to be very good. So I think that's the biggest thing. Like at least you can take some nights off with a little bit easier games, right? But, because I just felt like a lot of the tough games were kind of jam packed. Um, and then when they did make their run like that, that came partly because the schedule got a little bit easier. So I think you, I think you feel pretty good about it, but I, I just look at that January and I think it's just going to be a grind just because 10, 10 road games, I think in a month compared to five home games is uh, especially with two of those games, like those are going to be ABC, you know, Warriors and Lakers, like so many extra attention, extra juice. And then on top of the road games, like that's a lot to ask for from a team. And I think that's when, you know, Ime is probably going to go dip, dip a little deeper into the bench and you might see some of the, the deeper bench guys get, get a little bit more run just because I'm sure, you know, there'll be nicks and bruises there by the time of that season too. Yeah. There's no question that fortifying the, the depth standpoint this year was a clear priority given the additions they made and now how they're kind of filling out the roster with guys that can hopefully give them something in a pinch as opposed to developmental projects, which was most of the bench at the end of last year um, or most of the end of the bench at the end of last year. So that certainly, I agree. Like that's definitely going to come into play in that stretch where you have, I mean, who knows? They'll probably like leave Al Horford home for one of these trips and be like, Hey, go (laughs) like, go put your feet up for a week or something like that. Al, we like, you know, get you don't have the extra like three months of rest like you did last year but between him between brogdon we all know his injury history and then you know tatum smart brown they all carried like a pretty incredible minutes load throughout that grind of last season and that clearly came back to bite them in some way in the finals um with how they played in you know after game one so um i agree that seeing how that's going to look there too but I, i don't know like this this first trip in december though Brooklyn, Toronto on a (laughs) back-to-back. Phoenix, Golden State, Clippers, Lakers. If if Durant is still in Brooklyn there, that is probably the toughest trip that any team in the NBA will have this this season. Like, that's that's like five legit teams and then, like, the the Lakers Lakers (laughs) on top of that. The Lakers. Right, the Lakers. So, at the end of the trip, no less. So, that's Mm going to be a bear. Yeah, and then I, I... It's like weird too, just because you have that East Coast back to back, and then you fly directly to Phoenix. Like you have the back to back, then you have to fly to Phoenix, and there's just only one day break. Right. You know, like that. Like on top of that, that sucks. And then you played. You know, we don't know what the KD situation, especially with the Celtics, right? But like the Lakers game is a the tail end of the six game road trip, and it's also back to back. So it's like if they go like three and three on that road trip, I'll be very impressed. I guess we don't know what the Nets will look like. The Nets could be horrible, but. I, I think that's just one of those road trips where you're like, yeah, sure, you're a contender and everything, but you also, you know, and like you mentioned, like there are two back-to-backs in that six-game road trip. So it's just, that one's just weird, man. I don't think I've ever seen that in terms of like, you know, I feel like it's pretty straightforward. Like you got maybe an extra day to like go out West. You get an extra day to come back from out West, but the NBA kind of, you know, that one, that one's going to be a little bit much, but it'll be, you know, I think every, I think pretty much all these games are going to be nationally televised. Like, Clippers, I mean, uh, Celtics Warriors is going to be, Celtics Lakers always is, like Celtics Clippers is going to be really interesting. So we'll, we'll see, I guess. I don't know. But like I, like I mentioned earlier, after that road trip, you get Orlando, two straight games at home, you get Indiana, you get Minnesota, and then you go into the Christmas Day game. So it's not, you know, it's tough, but it could be worse, I guess. And it could be, you know, maybe the, maybe the Bucks twice, or maybe you get the Heat, or maybe you even get like a middle playoff team like the Bulls. So. Yeah, it's that's it's really going to be something where you hope that you know both sides would even that over the course of times there. But that's one where if the team went to the scheduling committee and was like, "Hey, what do you what are you trying to do?" For <laughs> but that, but here's the other thing: that's they have another six game road trip 
and their <laughs> their second one is even longer than this one, Suichi. The 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 strength of um, the opposition is not nearly as bad in March here. But you know, you mm-hmm. talk about crisscrossing the country here, starting March 11th. You go from Atlanta to Houston, up to Minnesota, mm-hmm. and then you go down the coast, Portland, um, Utah, and then you have to wait two more days on the West Coast to play in Sacramento before coming back. So that one's weird. That's yeah. another one in terms of like, oh, again, a lot of those teams won't necessarily be that good, so that should be a lot less mm-hmm. tough on them there. But that that's a that's a pretty rough trip, especially with you know, the 70 game mark of the season. Yeah, exactly. And once again, you got, you got that back Portland, Utah back to back. I think you'll see some players not even making that trip, honestly. Um, and, and, and nice thing too, like the two home games that you get coming back from that is going to be Indiana, uh, the Pacers and the Spurs. So luckily it won't be that difficult. Um, I was actually a little bit surprised, B-Rob, like you have kind of like a mix. I think it's more of a mix this year for like, first glance you know it's only been a day since it came out and we don't know what these teams are going to look like right like we thought Portland would be decent last year etc cetera, etc cetera. I think you get more of a mix of like you kind of like flip-flop between like these really competitive games and like these kind of like bottom feeder teams I think that's a lot better too because like like I mentioned like December last year like I, I think in December last year it was like almost every game they played was against like a playoff team from the year before like like I said like Portland wasn't that good the Clippers weren't the Clippers because Kawhi wasn't playing etc cetera, etc cetera. but like those, those are like, there was an objectively tough schedule, whereas this time you're kind of flip-flopping. So at least you'll have a little bit of a break, I think. And that's when, you know, maybe you play Pritchard like 25 minutes and 25 minutes against, you know, the Trailblazers one game. And then maybe you go all out against, you know, the Bucks or whoever it may be. So, you know, I, I, I think the balance is a lot better. Uh, it's too early to say what these teams will look like, but at least I like the balance a little bit more compared to last year. Yeah, I think it's a good point about you on that. I think that will help them just plan things out a little better. And then like, from the minute standpoint, really even things out there. But um, I want to get into like the most anticipated matchups and we'll get to that in a second. First, we're going to hear from our sponsor here, LinkedIn Town Solutions, where as you gear up for the fall, you need the right people on your team to help your small business fire in all cylinders. And LinkedIn Jobs is here to make it easier to find the people you want to talk to faster and for free. I know personally, I've been on LinkedIn for years. It has helped lead to a couple of, jobs over the years and i've been able to connect with a network of tons of people on there over time so it's a great place to get set up on so you can create a free job post on there in minutes to reach your network and beyond on the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people so you can add your job and the purple hiring frame to your linkedin profile to spread the word that you're hiring so your network can help you find the right people to hire on there it's simple tools you can use screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small, small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. So here's what you can do. LinkedIn jobs helps you find candidates you want to talk to. Nearly 40 million job seekers seek, visit LinkedIn every week. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash winning. That's linkedin.com slash winning to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right, Suichi, I want to hear your top three matchups of the season on here. And don't go obvious on me. We, we know the clear cut ones. I'm going to like, you can only pick the Warriors once here, but give me like, give me one high profile one and give me kind of at least one under the radar one that you're looking forward to seeing, whether it's at the garden 
or on the road, some team that you're, whether you're intrigued by what they did this off season or just mm-hmm. a place you want to go to, you can go I'll, however you want to handle this. What, what <laughs> me three you're looking forward to here. One I'm looking forward to is that road game November 7th against the Grizzlies. I mm. think that's going to be, because, right, like, they played a decent game against the Grizzlies last year. Um, they played them pretty well at home, but then the last game of the season, like, it didn't matter for the Grizzlies. Like, they were already locked in. And, uh, you know, like, if you're there in person, like, media gets courtside seats, and, like, seeing Ja courtside, I bet would be very cool, very uh, very exciting. I'm sure that'll, that'll get a lot of attention. So that one, um, I'm kind of curious to see how Atlanta looks. Like, yeah, Trey Young and Ajante Murray, um, that's, like, the next week after, so I'm trying to <laughs> – front load this or anything, but those Atlanta games, uh, they also play on the last game of the regular season. We'll see if that will end up mattering, like I just said, but I'm very curious to see Atlanta um, and then Dallas. Like, they're fresh off a conference finals run. I think Luka is just going to get better. Um, and I love watching Luka play. Like, I just think it's so much fun. And, and, you know, like, when the Celtics looked invincible, you know, like, the Mavericks and the Celtics had a very similar season last year. Uh, they Dallas always play great games, too. Yeah. They play incredible yeah. games every single time, it seems like. <laughs> I don't know about the ones that in Dallas, like the, I don't know. I mean, does that, I mean, like just dramatic <laughs> games, like two straight, yeah. two straight Luca game winning threes in Dallas. And then Those the one ridiculous. in Boston was like the KG retirement day. And that was a, mm-hmm. you know, a crazy back and forth game too, that Dallas pulled out down the stretch there. But I agree. I think yeah. Dallas is a sneaky. If you want to go to a Southern game and not pay like top dollar, like you would against like the Lakers or the Warriors, get a Mavericks mm-hmm. game because that's one where, I think for the entertainment factor, you're like, you're guaranteed um, good stuff there. Yeah. I love watching Luca play. And, and I guess just to throw in one more is definitely Denver. I love, I love watching uh, Luca and Jokic play. Like those are some of my yeah. favorite players, I think. And, and, you know, I don't know, like they, they smashed. I remember last March they smashed the Nuggets, but I just think with Jamal Murray being back and hopefully MPJs healthy, though that doesn't seem like a guarantee. Like I think the Nuggets will look a lot just more interesting next year too. I like it. Yeah. They, and the, yeah, having Jamal Murray back is going to be really fascinating to see how those parts mix together there. You brought up a good point. I mean, you brought up Atlanta to end the season. The end of the season here for the Celtics is very sneaky, interesting mm. because they close out the last week with Philly, Toronto, two in a row at home, and Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Those are four teams that probably will be fighting for playoff positioning in what is a pretty crowded Eastern Conference. So, Mm-hmm. This will be kudos to the schedule makers there to like at least add an extra layer of intrigue. And then and the, I think the good news here for the Celtics too is that like they have three days off to start April there. So yeah, they won't necessarily be, you know, dying for rest at that point. So they could, you know, if they're playing for seeing at that point, I expect them to go hard in all those games. Um, yeah. And, and then the week before too, they have Milwaukee on the road. So those yeah. are a lot of Eastern conference teams who realistically, like they might be like three or four, you know, at most three or four games apart. So. Yeah, it's it's you just rarely see that from that, you know, at that point in the year over time. It's usually against a Western Conference team or just a couple mm-hmm. teams that are taking at that point. I think we're pretty guaranteed to say, you know, five of those last six opponents are going to be teams that are going to be in the thick of things so far. For me, another just general takeaway here is the Celtics really should be getting off to a strong start in this season based mm-hmm. on this schedule. I mean, you you open up with Philly and Miami and that's, you know, you could easily split that or go and two. And uh, if you, you know, crap the bet against Philly in the opener at home, but then after that, there's really no top tier opponents for your next two weeks until you play like the Memphis game you mentioned, but 
they're they'll either catch a break there because Jaron Jackson Jr. is still going to be out after ongoing. Mm-hmm. You know, he went that surgery, um, and you do have Denver at home that week. But by and large, um, the November schedule is pretty easy compared to when you look at the level of opponents. And the same goes for October after those first two. You got Orlando, Chicago, Cleveland, Washington at home. So to make up for you know to give themselves a little bit of leeway on that West Coast trip, like. Emil Doga should be like, hey, listen, we need to be coming out here, you know, building up, you know, 15 and 5, 14 and 6 type start here mm-hmm. to give ourselves a rung up. And so we're not playing, you know, catch up for the last half of the season like they were, they did last year. Yeah, I, I just think it, it'd be one, it'd be obviously good for seeding, but I just think it's better for the vibes. It's the, it's a defending Eastern Conference champ, just starts off strong and makes a couple statement games. And I think the team will realize that too, especially, you know, like you mentioned, the, the road trip and everything. But I think the biggest thing too is like, if you look at like the November schedule, like you'll see playoff teams on there, like right. Memphis, who knows what they'll look like, like Cleveland's a decent team, but they're not like a top tier team. They're still pretty young. Chicago, like realistically, like let's, who knows what Chicago will look like, right? Like they were the number one seed for a bit, but that's felt like their peak honestly. Like those players aren't getting any younger with, uh, um, you know, with the Mar and, and, and who knows what they'll look like and everything. But I don't know. Like, I, I just think it's, you know, for all the for all the right reasons, I think it's good to start off strong. But like, it's just like, I think it's good to start off strong. Then you can kind of look at like the middle parts of the of the season and be like, okay, this is when we can you know sneak in a rest day for these guys. You know, maybe we can play Tatum like thirty minutes a game instead of thirty six minutes a game and, and stuff like that. And maybe we can see you know maybe the Celtics can see what Peyton Pritchard is about, like what maybe what he can do in his third year. Maybe you give Grant Williams a little bit more run, like he's still pretty young. So I think the middle parts of the season too is when you can really dabble with a lot of you know, like experimental stuff. But like you said, B-Rod, like the schedule looks good for them. And I just think a 15 and five start would just be great for the vibes, you know, like eight, like 18 and 21 start last year after they lost on the buzzer beater, the RJ Bear buzzer beater to the Knicks. Like I just, I don't, it'll never get to that point, right? Like they've proven that they're contenders, but it's just like, you, you just don't want to like mess with something like that. Like, I know you're like contenders and everything. I know you're expected to make a deep playoff run, but it's just, it's just good for the vibes if you go 15 and five, like you said. Yeah, it's and it will I think really help change the way Ime Adoka manages games and like you said, give those guys the opportunities in these games. And I mean, I'm just curious to see how he's gonna handle it. I mean, even on a regular night where they're everyone's got equal rest, is like is Ime gonna go 10 deep? Is Peyton Pritchard gonna be playing every night or is he or gonna be more of like, okay, we wanna play and we wanna play more than five minutes. So um let's you know wait for those nights where someone's got a night off or um, you know, we're playing a, a lesser opponent so we can give him more run at the end of the game regardless. Um, and all that stuff will kind of come into play more in that first stretch of the season where they'll have chances to tinker a bit more given the, the opponents on the schedule. Oh. What do you think? Any closing thoughts on the schedule here? We don't want to like, you know, hammer this to <laughs> death here, but I feel like it is, it is a pretty fascinating look. You know, I big picture wise, I actually think the schedule, you know, sometimes an easier schedule will help you. I mean, still, you know, you're playing the same teams regardless, but, um, mm. you know, how it aligns might hurt you or help you. Um, you had a nice piece on Mass Live just looking at, you know, the over-under wins total for the season is, is 54 and a half, um, according to our sponsor on Battle Line. And the, the question is, for me, like, and for you, like, does this schedule help them get there? Or does it actually hurt them based on a couple of the volumes of these trips and, you know, that grind of a schedule in January? 
I think it probably, if anything, if I had guns in my head, like I would probably say it hurts them a little bit. Like that's, I don't know, like I just think 10 games in January when you're just, when you just don't have the same juice, right? Like it's just, it's, those are going to be tough. And then you got those weird six game road trips and it's just, the travel aspect I think is very, very like, I don't know, personally, like after traveling a lot my first season, like I just think that's a very like underrated part of the league just because they're traveling thousands and thousands and thousands of miles during the season and just, I just can bog you down. But in terms of closing thoughts, like I just think realistically, like I've been telling you know, all my friends this, like the Celtics are going to sleepwalk probably the 50 win, right? Like that's just, this roster is just too good. I think barring, you know, injuries, like right. you just never know with that. But like, as long as they're like reasonably healthy, like as long as, you know, Rob plays like 55, 60 games, Al plays, you know, 50 games, 60 games, like keep them conservative. Like as long as there isn't like any major injury to like one of the major players, like a Jalen or Jason or Marcus, um, like I think this is a team that should sleepwalk to 50 games. Like who knows what, seating wise that'll be i think if you win you know if they hit the over 55 wins like i think that's good enough for first in the east realistically uh, especially like as a crowded east like i think i just think the top eastern teams are just going to cannibalize each other all season so i think you got to consider that too right like the raptors are going to be really spicy the sixers are going to be you know with a training camp with james who knows what hard it looks like with sixers he who knows what the nets will look like like all those teams are going to be vying um, for the top of the East. And as a result, like, I just don't think there's going to be as many wins to go around as, as past Eastern conferences, which, which were maybe a little bit more down. So, but overall, I don't know. Like, I, I just think the schedule is obviously interesting. Like, I, I want to know what I'm going to do in like mid January, just if my friends have plans or anything like that. But at the end of the day, like, these are contenders. Like, they shouldn't, they, I, I doubt they will. And, you know, they won't, but they shouldn't take the regular season as hard. They'll go all in as even last year. Like, this is a contender, like, just prioritize for the playoffs. I think that's what the goal should be for the next 82 games is make another finals run, get a banner in the break. And, like, that's – at this point, like, that's what the Celtics should aim for just because they are contenders. Yeah, and I'm with you in terms of the – I don't think this schedule helps them at all in terms of getting to that 54-hour and a half. And like I said, it's going to be wins. You know, I think anyone getting to that mark at the 54-and-a-half mark um, for wins is going to be – it's going to be rough in the East because, like I said, the, there's just not many easy wins to come by, even when you go further down the conference beyond the teams you mentioned. Just a lot of not a lot of teams just taking it at this point, um, at least to start the year. So that's going to be fascinating to keep an eye on. I do. We're going to wrap up in a few minutes here because we have to we were not allowed to contractually do any podcasts without talking about Kevin Durant um, <laughs> at this point of the, the calendar. But first, we'll hear uh, from our sponsor. Bet online, which is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports contests and events with first to market odds and lines you can find reviews and news from every league, including major league baseball, NFL, some of these win totals for the NBA, NHL, esports, and even golf. Bet online continues to be the top online leader source for all your sports info with live and game betting props and futures. So head on over to bet online, use your mobile device to join and make your first sports bet using the promo code CLNS 50 and receive a 50% welcome bonus on that first deposit bet online where the game starts. All right, Suichi, we haven't talked about this on the pod since summer league, I believe. And so we've had a lot of rumblings on the Duran front in this month. It feels like it's been like three months to be honest, based on the, the number of leaks that have come out here. Mm-hmm. The latest seems to be, okay, the Nets are really just hoping they can run things back here, which makes a ton of sense. Of course they want to do that. Mm-hmm. Like this is, they haven't seen this team composed with Ben Simmons yet. 
Um, they're obviously not getting the Durant offers they want regardless. Mm-hmm. And so my question to you is, do you think that's realistically going to work? Or do you think Durant makes this thing ugly and kind of puts their feet to the fire more a la what Ben Simmons did in Philly last year? I think it would get it's far more likely to get ugly than than him just playing it out. Just because yeah. like you can show up to training camp. Jimmy Butler showed up to training camp on the minutes right. of the Timberwolves, and we know what happened there um, with the legendary legendary moments that came out of those practice reports uh, and everything like that. So I don't know. Like I just don't see them running it back just because like right like these leaks are all strategic. And in terms of the leak that I thought that was kind of interesting was the one about. Like Durant essentially gave Joe's uh, eye like the ultimatum of like either pick Steve Nash and Sean Marks or pick me. And then obviously Joe's eye, he ended up tweeting like, hey, like front office and the coaching staff have my full support. So I just don't see how like you can, I just don't see how you can cleanly run it back when Durant basically, you know, right? Like broadcast it to the world, like obviously not publicly per sources and everything, but like. Right. Like I don't want to play for this coach like that. I, yeah, that I like, had a hand in hiring. Like it. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of right? awkward. It's like, also, like, Steve Nash is like, this dude should get way more respect than, like, he's kidding in, in terms of this, right? Like, dude has won MVPs before. Like, he, he's 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 proven, like, he's a very good player and he has a good basketball mind and everything. So, it's just – I just don't see how this runs back cleanly, like, between all those things. Like, sure, I can see him showing up to training camp, but just, like, essentially being super chaotic. Yeah, I can see that, but it's just beyond that. Like, I just don't see how you can play 82 games and just – you know, right? Like, I keep writing about this just because of all these rumors. Like, Durant's about to turn 34 years old. He's got four years left on his contract. Like, I don't know. Like, I just don't think those are, those are like, necessarily good things at this point in his career. Like, he's been very injury-prone, I think, you know, as, ever since ever since his last his, uh, last Warriors year and everything after he tore his Achilles. Like, it's just, dude's getting up there in age. Like, how many, like, like, great NBA seasons does he have left in his body? Like, even last year, like, sure, he was very, very good when he saw the court, but, like, that wasn't necessarily all the time. So, I just – I think this will go ugly before – like, I, I get why the Nets want to do this, like, right, like, with a healthy Joe Harris, with a healthy Ben Simmons, with, with an engaged Kyrie, with an engaged KD, like, that's still one of the best teams in the league. I just don't think it's going to happen, which is which is a shame. Like, I, I think that would be a very fun team to watch. Unfortunately, I just it's, – it's obviously not going to come to fruition. Yeah, the the Nash part that you hit on there, because it's one thing you say, okay, yeah, like, the Sean Marks dissension there is under, like, at least it's understandable for, because, like, Durant, that's not Durant's guy, and the things mm-hmm. that they went with, obviously, he was mad in terms of how they hired, handled Kyrie last year at the vaccination stuff, and, you know, n- keeping him away from the team for the first half of the year, which you wonder if they made a different decision there, whether things would be different now or not, um, even though that was a very understandable decision at the time by, by the team, I think. Um, but with Nash, it's like, okay, you, like, you clearly, this was your guy. You pushed out like, or Kyrie helped push out Atkinson. You brought in the guy you wanted. And so what is, what did Nash do to turn Durant off to him? Is this, or is this, or is it more just like, okay, I have to try to sever this relationship and get out of here. And like, mm-hmm. I have nothing against Nash, but this is like, this is how I get out of here sooner. Um, and try to convince him that's so I'm not going to play for them is to, to try to damage his relationship. It's like, I, there are so many angles to this. It's, it's fascinating to see mm-hmm. like how when all push comes to shove, like, okay, well, like we'll both sides just give in and be like, okay, like Steve, I like, I, I heard you just said to Kevin, but you know, I'm still the coach here. And, <laughs> or is it just like, okay, this is like a disaster. Like someone's going to want out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For, 
poor Steve Nash. Like he could just be chilling in retirement, but he chose right. to do this. And, and I don't even like, sure. I don't know. It's just when you sign up to coach Ky- Kyrie and KD in Brooklyn, like I just, I just simply think you would have expected more like, like functional like relationships and like a functional organization, but that just has not been the case. And I just, I just feel bad for Steve Nash, man. By all accounts, he seems like a good dude. Just wanted to play some soccer in retirement, but came back to coach. <laughs> and this is this is what ends up happening. Poor guy. It is. I will. If he ever wants, I'd be shocked if he ever wants to coach again after this. Like it's just <laughs> like what's. I mean, maybe you want it. See, this is not on your legacy like this, but it's also just like what, like you said, like I did not sign up for this kind of a mess, but. <laughs> That's again, if you you follow Kyrie's career arc, that kind of is, I guess it's not a complete shock that he's, you know, mm. left a you know an organization just like this. And I mean Durant is a different kind of cat, I guess, on this front too. So I don't know. This is just we're getting close. It's like training camp is about a month away here. So mm. you'll you know, it's the staring match is gonna continue, but the leaks are gonna continue, and we're gonna be you know, waiting for some real basketball to start as we um, hope there's something else to write about. <laughs> well, let's first enjoy the off season, dear Rob. We... <laughs> it's true. It's not that. We still have another month. Yeah. We'll we have still... another month. Celtics, dear uh, right, it's a, uh, we, we, we deserve that after right. uh, a very long finals run. Delayed start to training camp, hopefully. Um, <laughs> all right. Make sure you're following Suichi on Twitter at Suichi Tirada on there and check out all the stuff on Mass Live as well. Um, rate, review, subscribe to the Winning Place Pod. We'll be continuing to um, get you guys ready for the start of next season as we get closer to training camp. And I don't know, there's still a couple of roster spots open to reach you, so we could have mm-hmm. we could have some, you know, fresh uh, sign or two to talk about in the next. The 15 man roster battle will be will be fun for training camp. That will be a fun angle for us. <laughs> yeah, we'll see how training camp goes first, <laughs> or who's still there. Honestly, right, that's right. true. Sure. We'll see. A lot of answers. Everything's up in the air. So we'll be writing that down as we get closer here. Um, And yep, that's it for us. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you guys next week.